0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining me. I'm Tracy Harris and this is At Home In My Head, the podcast that explores life in the cottage at Woodland Corners. Today's episode is part of a multi-part series titled Perspectives on Death that examines my experiences with death both as a religious person and later in my secular life. I'll be explaining the ways in which death has impacted me and perhaps touch on some responses and reactions that may resonate or offer alternatives to the experiences others may have had. This series mirrors articles from the At Home in My Head blog. A link to the blog series is also included in the description. And now for episode 3 of Perspectives on Death Arjun and Chaya. Eric and I were invited to Tony and Brian's for dinner with another couple, Arjun and Chaya. They had come from India to Pennsylvania where Arjun was attending graduate school with Brian and Eric. It was the first time I'd lived anywhere with real seasons or even just snow. I remember the slush on the road mixed with salt covering my windshield until I couldn't see. I remember learning that using windshield wipers to clean it while driving can add a layer of frozen wiper fluid over an already filthy windshield I learned that alternators don't last long in cold conditions. I learned there's no such thing as driving on ice. I learned that breaking down on a lonely highway in the middle of a blizzard can be life-threatening, especially if you manage to lock yourself out of your car. I learned the value of snowshoes when I tried to walk across a deep snowbank. I learned that snow and ice can add weight to a roof sufficient to collapse a building. I learned some of the specific ways that winter can be deadly and dangerous. I also saw how beautiful it can be to wake up to a fresh blanket of snow covering the world. I'll never forget the sound of snow crunching under hiking boots, or the way it sparkles like white glitter in the sun. I watched giant snowflakes fall like down feathers from grey skies. I watched artists carving huge blocks of ice into dragons. I found out that making a good snowball requires a lot of packing and that an antenna ornament can help you find your car after a snowstorm turns a parking lot into lines of identical white lumps. Winter, for all its inconvenience, carried with it a silent, pristine stillness that felt a shame to disturb. Even bundled up, we were nearly frozen by the time Tony invited us in. Arjun and Chaya were already inside having drinks with Brian. Eric knew Arjun from school. I'd never met him. Alternatively, I had met Chaya, but Eric hadn't. A few weeks prior, Tony had called to invite me to join her and Chaya for shopping in the square. The change of scenery was fun. Chaya was thin, with pixie hair. She was slightly taller than me, but her quiet personality made her seem somehow tiny. After a full, leisurely afternoon with her, I still had no impression of who she really was. The only fact about her situation that stood out to me was that her marriage to Arjun was arranged. I'd never met a couple in an arranged marriage, and I wondered to myself about the dynamic. As far as Arjun, everything I'd heard about him was positive. No one had an unkind thing to say. Tony, Brian, Eric all described Arjun as the type of person everybody loves, an all-around great guy. I shook Arjun's hand when I met him. I was genuinely impressed. I liked him. He had a great sense of humor, and he had us laughing the entire evening. I also noticed Chaya was a different person around him. She was more animated. Together, there was a joy about them. As soon as I saw them, they made sense as a couple. The six of us played competitive couples party games like Password, Arjun and Chaya dominated all of it. Completely connected and unbeatable. They'd guess answers from clues no one else in the room could even believe. We joked they must be using some code. The rest of us never had a chance. I hadn't expected such a great couple to come out of an arranged marriage, although they were the first couple in an arranged marriage I'd ever met. The evening was a success. Eric and I left feeling well-fed, entertained, happy, and satisfied. It was exactly the sort of night Tony had a knack for orchestrating. Eric and I walked the several blocks to our apartment through the evening snow flurries. The next day was a work day, a normal day. At least normal was how it started. I worked at an all-seasons resort in a two-person department located in the attic of a converted farmhouse. I was assistant to the marketing manager who sat behind a large wooden desk on the other side of a clear glass partition. A large block of ice had accumulated outside our only window until we could only see out one side. We often speculated about how long maintenance would allow it to accumulate. I still remember the day they showed up on the roof to break it up and remove it. Our department fielded anything to do with marketing the resort, including requests for donations or sponsorships, So I thought nothing of it when a phone call came through. When I picked it up, though, it wasn't a work call at all. It was Eric. Arjun is dead. I stood for a moment processing his words. What? Arjun is dead. What do you mean dead? What are you talking about? Eric went on to explain that Chaya's cousin was visiting. The three of them had decided to go out for some reason. Chaya's cousin was driving, Arjun was in the passenger seat and Chaya sat in the back. Their car hit a patch of ice and slid across the median into the opposite lanes where they were hit by an oncoming motorist. The other motorist was fine, as was Chaya's cousin. Chaya had suffered a sprained wrist. It was the front passenger side that took the brunt of the impact and Arjun bled to death before help could arrive. It was unfathomable to me that someone I'd just met and spent the evening with only hours before no longer existed. His life erased instantly. Here one day, gone the next. It was disorienting. When the call ended, I was still standing as I put the phone down. It was that day I learned to understand the meaning of the phrase, you'd better sit down. I needed to sit down. However I'd responded, my manager came out and asked me if I was okay. I explained what had happened. You don't usually get to leave work when a person you barely know dies. But this felt more intimate than that. Sure, I'd only met him once, but that meeting was intimate and recent. And his life had ended so abruptly. The days that followed had a dreamy, foggy quality. Since their families were in India, it would take a few days for them to get to Pennsylvania. I heard through friends that Chaya was inconsolable. She refused to see all but a few people. Some of their friends set up a rotating round the clock watch for her to make sure that she was never alone even though she spent all her time in her room. Since I barely knew her, I wasn't involved. But it only added to the weird context. Should I be involved? I barely knew her. But I was with her the last night her husband was alive. It felt like it counted for something. I was just an acquaintance. I wasn't close to them. But I'd participated in part of their lives that would always be significant the last night they ever spent together. The families finally arrived and collected Chaya and Arjun's body, and she went back to India, and it was probably a few months after that that Tony told me some friends had tried to call and check up on her. When she heard the voices from Pittsburgh, she burst into sobs and handed off the phone to someone else. That was the last I heard of her. The main impact on me was overwhelming guilt, It was an injustice that Arjun died in a foreign country, thousands of miles from his family and lifetime friends. He died surrounded by people who barely knew him. He spent his last night on earth in an intimate setting with five other people, including me, a total stranger. I had no right to that literal seat at the table. Arjun should have spent his last night with those he loved best, those closest to him those who knew him his whole life and who loved him in a way I would never have a chance to even understand. Being with someone their last night on earth is a privilege reserved for those who have earned it, not for some random stranger who just met them and who now will never see them again. I knew nothing significant about Arjun's life, his past, his future, his dreams, his aspirations, I was no one to him. And there was no way for me to take what I'd been given and present it to his friends and family who honestly deserved it, the most important people in his life. It still feels like an injustice, although the guilt has subsided. It reminds me of a quote. Nothing is as far away as one minute ago. The past is set in stone. There's no retrieving it. There's no erasing it. No fixing it. Whatever should have been or might have been, whatever the consequences, it is what it is. The only thing that changes is our perspective.